Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Thanks so much for joining us for another week of Take Two. Jim DeBacchus here as always. Greg Hughes needed a break from us, so <laughs> GOP Todd, as he's known on the interwebs, uh, joining yes. us here, Todd Weiler. It's so cool. We're all in blue. I you know. know what that means. Go Cougars. Yeah, uh, oh, I don't no, know about that. that. That's no. not where I was that going. Mean you were ready to start <laughs> leaning left. All right, Todd, uh, the legislative session is over with. What do you do in your spare time? Do you have a uh, job? Yeah, Other things I, you have to do? I'm an attorney at a local downtown Salt Lake law firm. In fact, I switched jobs. The the day well a couple days after the session so you did all working, right yeah I'm a litigator transactional attorney so, so. I want to say speaking of I got my last W-2 okay uh, from the legislature they, and, pay, you know, they pay you time. they never paid me <laughs> I made and I don't have another job when I'm a senator oh, that's what I was he's an, art, I was a, daddy. He's an okay. art dealer an art dealer all okay right, I do so. have a sugar daddy husband okay I made $15,600, and that is where I was. So when everybody talks about, oh, they're all in it for the money, I'm still looking. You haven't spent your whole 15000 yet? <laughs> it all went <laughs> to pay my insurance. Right? <laughs> okay, so we've got lots of... Uh, well, Trump's tax cut, you'll probably get to keep most of it this year. Speaking of Trump's <laughs> tax cuts... Okay, let's ask effect? about that. Did you pay differently can, this year? Did you owe more, can, owe less? Can I just say what I think has yeah. happened with that to Utah families? I have a friend uh, who's a tax preparer, and he says that one of the cutesy things that the billionaires who decided these things, to get that sugar high into the economy they lowered the amount of taxes withheld. And so even though mathematically, a lot of Utah families may have been getting an extra 50 or 100 bucks per, per pay period, yep. they're going to their accounts and, and they're expecting their thousand, fifteen, two thousand dollars $2,000, and it's all gone. And for them, it. It, it isn't just a- I, I'm paying more this year. I heard Sean Hannity on the radio saying he's paying more this year. It's a terrible thing to yeah. do. I'm I think I owe about the same as last year, uh, but I was fined this time $20 because I wasn't withholding enough Ooh. and I didn't want to pay the $20, so yeah. I changed that. But anyhow, so yeah, definitely changes in store this year. Okay, lots of things to talk about. Let's talk about this because it's coming up in a couple of days. Elizabeth Warren, Jim, is coming to town and we don't actually see presidential candidates coming to Utah on a very regular basis, though it seems like the tides are changing. Why? Well, they, they usually come. Republicans and Democrats. Todd was really big into the Republican Party as an official, and I was with the Democrats. So but we usually would, only because we're an ATM for them, right? They yeah. want our money and they leave. You know, they land at Millionaire Airport, and I saw every Democrat, and, and a lot of times it was Senate Democrats, too. They'd land at Millionaire. They'd motorcade up to Park City. They'd meet at some really rich person's giant house. They would have their teleprompter. They would spend their 20 minutes talking. If you spend an extra five grand, you could get your picture taken. And then they would get their briefcase full of five or $600,000 and they're zooming back for the next thing at Denver. It was terrible. Do they really have teleprompters inside homes? So I, I can name two or three of them that did. Okay, do. Yeah. Let's like write them out. Michelle Obama. What? When had she a came, she had a teleprompter wow. in the, in the 
the family I, that I've been to a lot of Republican presidential candidates. I've never seen that. I feel like that's more of one of those like intimate when you're in their homes, just yeah, talking to people. Is, Interesting teleprompter. Uh, look, I'm the last guy in the world who's gonna say anything bad about Michelle Obama. I think she's, oh, like she's right up there next yeah. to. You know, she's lovely, but she's right up right there next to Laura Bush. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, interesting. So is this a good thing if we've got I think Democrats it is a good thing. here? Yeah, I, I, when, I, when I heard Elizabeth Warren was coming, I just assumed she must have cousins in the Ute tribe or something. So <laughs> Ooh, just, uh, yeah. Burn. <laughs> oh. Sorry. But, oh. but it is a good thing for Utah that we had Julian Castro come. Yeah. And they seem now to be looking more to talk to real Democrats, at least on our side. Yeah. Because so it's about getting delegates as much as it is about getting money. And I hope it's the same way in the Republicans, because we went we could go two or three years without any of those presidential candidates actually stopping and meeting with regular Utah. Because remember a couple of years ago, Hillary didn't come, she sent Chelsea, but Bernie came and he was a rock star in Utah. Yeah. Broke the example, yeah. right? He went out and had thousands had park, of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. And I went to the Chelsea event. I thought she was very approachable, but the delegates didn't go to Hillary last time. I was at the convention and I felt like they were largely on the side of Bernie Sanders. Uh, so it matters. So it's interesting. One that more thing about that, okay. if I can say. So Joe Biden came to town uh, raising money. It was in Park City, and it was one of these meetings, you know, came up, and it was five grand or whatever it was. So afterwards, in the house, he had a little, uh, he, Did the, he the lingerers you? went into the kitchen. Okay. And Biden was there. And this guy is so soft and if he's faking it, he's the best He's ever. very gentle. Did, did he kiss genuine. you on the back of the head, Jim? <laughs> came after the hug, he let it yeah. go. Okay. But he told the story about his first trip to Utah, which okay. was with his two kids after his wife was yeah, killed. Was terrible tragedy. In the car crash. And he said, I come back so many times. And so he was talking and just telling stories. And the Secret Service guys kept going. Time to go. Yeah, even though he was spending the night there, he yeah. just wanted to talk. I mean, he's... He's a nice guy. He's the most genuine of all of them that I've met. I just have a soft spot for... Good old, human uh, Uncle humanity. Joe, right? Good yeah, so let's Joe. talk about no. good old Uncle Joe because Uncle right Joe now, Stalin is uh, what I think of. Utah Policy did a poll talking about the Me Too movement and Biden. He hasn't officially put his hat into the ring for running for president, but he's had a couple of women come out and say that they were molested, they were harassed, they were kissed on the head or Eskimo kisses, is that what you call when you rub noses? And 46% of Utahns say that Me Too, when they're looking at Biden, other stories have gone too far. Have we gotten too you know, sensitive where everyone's in trouble and we not, want to throw everyone under the bus? None of those women have said that he was, you know, sexually assaulting them. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he's a touchy-feely guy. And, you know, I, I do think the Me Too movement's important, but does it mean we can't be ourselves anymore? I mean... You know, so Joe Biden, I mean, even when he was standing next to Obama, he was like massaging people's shoulders as their husbands were being announced for the for a, an appointment or something. So he, he is a little bit maybe too touchy. But I, I see a difference between the Me Too movement and maybe Joe Biden being a little bit overly familiar, non-sexually. So. so is it bad when people come out and want to tell their stories like this when we have someone running for office, when you're trying to ruin their chances, maybe at running and say, hey, he did this, he made me feel uncomfortable? Are we supposed to feel comfortable in all Imagine moments of our life? Imagine that. Other candidates taking advantage right? of, you know, yeah. some candidates' weakness or perceived weakness. It's the way it is. But any political candidate today, I kind of like hugging. But I tell you, I'm I'm Jim's reticent. I'm not. I, you you got to be careful. Hugged me. He hugged me Never today. Once. He didn't hug me. 
I feel. But even yes, when you difference. were chairman of the Judiciary Committee, I never hugged you? No, I don't think so. Interesting. I Some people are huggers. That. I didn't know I was not a hugger until I was moving Utah years ago. And one of my neighbors asked me if she could hug me. And I'm like, what? Why are you asking me? She's like, I know you don't like people touching you. And I'm like, I don't. So anyhow, sometimes there's people like me. We just don't like hugs. Yours was nice, though, Jim. All right. Uh, I wouldn't know. Ooh, I wouldn't know. Mic drop there. Right. Okay. So next issue here. Well, we're talking You're safe. Uh, local politics. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> Democrats are a bit of a hot mess right now. Are you smelling my shampoo and hairspray? Yeah, okay. It's big sexy is what I use, Jim. You like that? Eat your heart out. <laughs> Stop. Okay. So Democrats right now, they're cash strapped. They can't uh, pay their top leader. And they're also having issues right now. Rob Miller, who's been accused of sexual harassment inside the own party. He's got problems where he says maybe there's some kind of election fraud going on because he turned in his papers and they weren't processed. They weren't processed. Let's start yeah. with you. Are, are they trying to keep him out on purpose, you think? I don't know. I mean, I know I've known Rob Miller for 10 or 15 years. He's a nice guy. I was sad to kind of see him get caught up in in that scandal. I, I, I doubt he's electable among the Democrats with now kind of that cloud hanging over his head. But I see that sometimes on the Republican side. It's a little funny business on filing deadlines. And I hope he's not being kind of hometowned, if you will. Yeah, so. shouldn't they just accept his paperwork yeah, and be like mean, he's not going to be elected Let the delegates anyways? decide. If we believe in the delegate system, let the delegates have a choice. Okay. So. What is wrong with Democrats right now? I feel like they're on the struggle bus. And I felt like Republicans were leading the way on that recently here in Utah. But... I mean, Republicans went off the cliff. Let's face it. You I mean, think? I, okay. I, I, I will t I'll say what I really think <laughs> the problems with the Democrats cliff. are. Okay. But we've never seen anything like what happened to the Republican Party imploding and the the party suing the legislators and the Republican governor. I mean, it, it was a poop show. But the Democrats, it's like, this is your moment. Look what the legislature did on on Medicaid expansion and on medical cannabis, and you're blowing up. They they are so intent on personalities, and maybe it's just the way political parties are. But it's they're all ego driven. What I'm seeing, mm. you elect somebody as chair of your party. Yes. You also elect somebody to hire and fire the executive director. So if you've got 20 people that need to approve or disapprove or this or all of the the infighting in the democratic party is going to cost utah medicaid expansion and it's going to cost them seats because we can't we can't sit down and resolve things like adults it's all personality driven and i'm saying if the democrats don't get their uh, act Excellent. together. Yes. So, so there was a huge rift with the Democrats between the Bernie supporters and the Hillary supporters a couple of years ago. There's been a huge rift in the Republican Party between the caucus loyalists and the signature, you know, people. Yeah. Um, and and unfortunately, both sides are being kind of defined by the extremes. Uh, of, uh, you know, and the, pe the, the the rational people in the middle are saying, "Come on, guys, just get it together." Yeah, Isn't but neither no side for can, both ideas you know, in yeah. each party. Yeah, the old joke was, you know, I don't belong to an organized political party. I'm a Utah Democrat. But now you could say that and say I'm a Utah Republican. Unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of dysfunction all around. So. And it, this old line of uh, the Democrat uh, Republicans fall in line and the Democrats fall in love, you know, there's a <laughs> little bit to well, that. Except are we back Utah to Rob Republican. Miller? 
I don't know if Utah Democrats were doing that. I was at um, the party, the DNC, a couple of years ago, and there was not a lot of love. I mean, it was the Hillary show, but uh, Utah and a lot of other states were there for Bernie Sanders, and they were mad, and they were protesting. And a lot of that was caused by the Russians. And, the and, Russians. Okay. I was at the Republican National Convention two years ago, and we had all the, tr the crew supporters, the delegates from yeah. Utah, and they didn't like Trump. Now they all love Trump. It's just so weird. It's I know, just Utah bipolar. Was th so. throwing a tantrum at both of those. Is the Republican Party of Utah the party of Trump? Uh, you know, yes, I mean, with an asterisk. I mean, uh, Evan McMullen kept Trump from getting a majority here. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, uh, myself included, we don't like Trump's character problems. We don't like his tweets. We don't like him calling Omarosa a dog. But there, I mean, we do like, you know, Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court and, and you know, tax cuts in general. I mean, so, so Trump's done some good stuff. And, you know, this guy, he, he could drive the right way down a one-way street and he'd have Democrats in the media saying that he's doing it all wrong. He, the, the guy can't win, you know, in some circles. And, and he a could lot win of that, maybe if he threw away his phone he, and Twitter. Yeah, he, he creates his own problems. But I think most Republicans like some of the things he's doing. He's such a liar though. And you know, a politician's stretch and they do this, he seems to just lie about things that are inconsequential. So, so, are his pants on fire? So I think he uh, uses a lot of hyperbole, mm -hmm. uh, which the Democrats call lies. And I think sometimes he kind of makes up his own facts. But uh, anyway, he, 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 here's the thing with Trump. We all knew what he was when we, when, when we did or didn't vote for him. It's not like he came out of nowhere. I he mean, was not a surprise. You could watch one episode of The Apprentice and you knew exactly who the guy was. And, and true his <laughs> credit or, de or our detriment, he's, he's remained true to that character. One so more he, question about yeah. Utah. Can yeah. I, uh, Go for can it. Yeah, you're the interviewer right I'm, now. I'm being cross-examined here. All right. This is interesting. Let's suppose this is in the deep heart of my blue heart. Uh -huh. <laughs> December, uh, January 20th, 2021. Uh-huh. I can see Donald J. Trump saying, it was rigged, I'm not leaving, I'm calling all of my friends in the army and the police, we're not going, so, they rigged it all. You're I, really going there? You think that yeah. would happen? I think that could easily happen. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening, and more importantly, even though I didn't vote for Trump two years ago, I think I think he's on a trajectory to get reelected. I really do. I'm not sure that any of the Democrats we've seen, when it comes down to a binary choice in November of 2020, are going to beat Donald, uh, an incumbent Donald Trump. I don't think there's be hard to beat orientation this has anything to do with it. Uh, <laughs> binary, okay. Wow, Todd. I'm not joking. Okay, but let, let's suppose it's possible he could yeah, lose. Yeah, it's possible he could lose. I really believe no. I can hear him saying that. And I can but, see guys like Stooges, like Chris Stewart has turned into, saying, we're going to stand behind our president because no, that's no, the way no. he's done. I don't think done. so. No, no. This is a country that's uh, built we'll on see. the peaceful this is like, exchange we'll of power. See. This is like Hillary Clinton in October saying that Trump wouldn't uh, abide by the election results. And then when Trump wins, Hillary didn't ab try to not abide by the election results. Yeah. She, she was, she, you know, she made some ways for a He's while. the one who said it's rigged, it's fixed, well, election. Maybe he'll flip the bird when he gets on the helicopter but, leaving. But, but I would Democrats, think, like to think he gets right, on the helicopter. But ever since Trump won, the Democrats have been agreeing that it was rigged. They said Russia rigged it, right? So maybe oh, Trump okay. was right well, about That's something. what Trump was talking about. Well, All right. right. Well, 2020, here we come. And I like to think that whoever wins will do so gracefully and the loser will take it just as gracefully. I don't know if it'll happen, but we'll see. Okay, Medispade, Medispade? 
Medicaid yeah. expansion in Utah. Uh, people could start applying April 1st. I know, Jim, you've been looking at this. You were a lot into it. Yeah. Um, we got the first waiver. Yeah, we need, so Senate Bill 96, which is kind of uh, Medicaid expansion 6.0. Okay. Um, it, it, it was contingent on getting two waivers. The first one was the easy one. We got that one a week or two ago. The second one, I mean, we've got another uh, less than a year, but we've got about a year to get that one. If we don't get the second one, we're going to revert back to Prop 3 next year. And so, um, you know, all the Democrats stood up on the Senate floor and the House floor said, we'll never get the waivers. Well, we've got the easy one. So the question is, will we get the hard one? And, and I don't know if we will. I, I hope we do, but I don't know. Okay, if we what, will. Are, what are these waivers? What is so important that the Utah legislature and governor had to collude together to guarantee happens or we wouldn't take Medicaid expansion? Do you know what they were? One is covering Utah families of four, regular <laughs> Medicaid expansion would cover those people with affordable health care at $36,000 a year. But the legislature said, no, they're way too rich. We want that down to $26,000 a year where they're covered. Todd was there. So the waiver lowers the amount of money that Utahns can have to get healthcare coverage. So uh, Arizona and New Mexico and Colorado, Idaho for goodness sakes, Montana, all of those states, their people can begin with a family of four, we'll get it up until 36,000, the legislature said, nope, we demand a waiver and we want that income lowered for Utahns. So here's what Jim's not Is it about fiscal responsibility down yeah, the road? Yeah, it is. And here's what Jim's not mentioning and the radio ads from Alliance for Better Utah don't mention is we had tens of thousands of Utah from 60 to 100% of the federal poverty level with no coverage at all. And Senate Bill 96 covers them. Then you had another 70 or 80,000 people from 100 to 138% of the federal poverty level. They already had full Obamacare capped at 2% of their income. So the Democrats like Jim, they said, hey, that's not good enough. Let's give them uh, free Medicaid. And the Republicans are like, wait a second. They already have subsidies. They already have full Cadillac insurance capped at 2% of their income. So they're okay. Let's focus and let's pay for the people that have no coverage. And that's what Senate Bill 96 covered. And if you look at it that way, it's not an unreasonable way to, to approach it. And while the legislature made this deal, correct me if I'm wrong, but this seems to be the same deal the governor worked out with the Obama administration that was originally killed by the legislature, but then resurrected. Was it's it essentially the same? It's very similar, yes. Okay. And, and the problem is, is Prop 3 passed, but it, it didn't have a funding mechanism that funded all of it. So that gave, that was a foot in the door that the legislature used to say, okay, well, we're going to go back to what we really wanted anyway. And I voted against that, but I understand the arguments. It was a fiscal responsibility. Todd was the only brave Republican. There wasn't another soul, was there? Not in the, not in the Senate. Not in the so, Senate. Yeah. Look, this is, this is larceny. The people, it's the, the larceny. legislature kept saying, the people are stupid. They didn't really understand what they were doing. We yeah, understand I, it all. I didn't hear anybody say that. In, they implied that. That's exactly what <laughs> so they did. So is Obamacare not good enough coverage? No. Uh, 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 Obamacare includes full Medicaid expansion. And the state in a complicated way because of the way the Supreme Court decided. I'm just saying, do what all of the states around us are doing. Treat Utahns who are still paying the same amount of taxes to the same amount. It's like, yeah. it's like on a social security check. It's like if the state of Utah said, you know what, it's a little too much. Let's lower everybody's social security check because whatever, our sense of fairness, it's 
stupid. So All right. what Jim's saying is those people, that family of four from 26 to 36,000, he doesn't want them to have to pay 2% of their income for full Cadillac Obamacare coverage. He wants them to have it for free. That, that's what he's arguing. I'm just translating that. Well, that's a bad translation. All right. I, I'm going to weigh gonna, that translation. All right, we're going to check back next week. So I actually put a call in. I want to see how many people have called because April 1st was the day that people could start signing oh, yeah. up and getting yeah. into the system. So April Fool's Day was the perfect day for that the was Utah also Medicaid the, expansion. That was also the date under Prop 3. So we kind of honored that. Honored that the same, day. Yeah. Okay, so we'll do a check on thing. that. Okay. Listen to this. I'm ready. Uh oh. All right. If we'd taken full Medicaid expansion, the state share would be 10%. The way the brilliant ones in the Utah legislature and the governor picked it, we're not paying 10% or 15, we're paying 30%. Which is what we've always paid for, for traditional. Why wouldn't we want to pay 10%? Yeah. I mean. Because in the long run, it would have cost more. Maybe. That's, that's the, well, that's what all the fiscal analysts I have says. some other Utah issues I want to talk okay, about. But while we're talking about federal spending, uh, Ben McAdams, our lone Utah Democrat in Washington right now, actually put forth a bill right now that would amend the Constitution that would require a balanced budget. Uh, as a Democrat, do you support him in this? We've got an extra trillion dollars annually in deficits. You know, Thomas Wright was the former chairman of the Republican Committee. Yes. And we traveled the state together when we were, when we were both chairs. And we, would get out of the, we would get out of the car and I don't know whose people would freak out more, mine or his, that, what are you guys, how can you come together? What, what, is there something wrong with it? But, one of the things we figured out that we agree on is this budget catastrophe. Yeah. We cannot keep doing this. And I find it interesting that the outside party is always the one saying, take a look at that. And the inside party is always the one that's going, no, 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 don't worry about it. We'll spend our way out or we'll do whatever. This is a serious, serious, serious problem. And together, Thomas and I joined the national coalition or something, blah, 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 as the two Utah representatives yeah. for dealing with this issue. It has to be dealt with. And so, it is the extremes of the party because he's a blue dog Democrat. Yeah. Uh, Senator Mike Lee, I believe it was in January, pushed, I don't know if it's the same bill or a, like generally the same idea, but it was in January for a balanced budget for the same reason. Yeah. I, I think Ben McAdams is absolutely right on this balanced budget amendment. I'm proud of him, his courage in being a Democrat to propose that the first one this session. I, I'm just wondering how long the liberals in the Utah Democratic Party put up with him because he's he's acting so pragmatic and, and so conservative. I mean, he might just switch to Republican and run as a Republican next time. I don't know. But I mean, I've been really impressed with what Jim, uh, Ben McAdams has been doing. But he's there. stuck, I think, with what and how he campaigns. I think yeah. some people in that district may have been worried that he would have switched after campaigning to yeah. such a moderate that he yeah. turned to and, I, and, and to his credit, he's, he's honoring what he said he would do when he campaigned. I just wonder if he's going to get like a misty snow from the left running against him next year. Sometimes he eats a little bit too much bacon. I just don't see misty snow. No, too much getting the traction, but I don't know. We we never know. Back here in Utah, there were new numbers that came out this week that said Utah teachers are making average forty-seven thousand a year, which is uh, the least in the Mountain West. It's thirteen thousand dollars, I believe, annually below the national average. Is this too low? Do we need to do more right now? You know, I've been in the legislature eight sessions. We've given them a, a raise. We've given teachers a raise, or the WPU a raise, all eight sessions, including another 4% this year. So I don't know when they capped off that study, because I think the 47,000, I'm wondering if that was really from a year or two ago. 
because I know in Davis County where I live, they're starting teachers. I mean, 22-year-olds right out of college at 40,000. So I don't, I don't understand how that average can be so low. So uh, look, that's that's Jim's a good legislative right answer. But here's the problem. Thank you, Jim. Next question. The governor <laughs> keeps saying we're doing so much for education. You can't believe it's millions and millions and millions. And wow, are we proud? We're the we're the state of education. And guess what? Utah stays 50th year after year, generation heavy, after generation in spending and 51st <laughs> yeah. sometimes. So I'm saying these studies have, can you imagine we're paying less than Idaho? And Wyoming is off the charts on paying their teachers. I am saying teachers in Utah, listen to me. The UEA will not be happy with me saying this. Uh-oh. They're, they're, you know, let's, we're reasonable, we'll get along, baloney. In West Virginia, in, uh, in New Mexico, in Arizona, teachers went on strike in Colorado. And guess what? 5%, 7%, 8% increases. You've been talking normal to the governor and the legislature for a generation, and it hasn't worked. It's embarrassing to me that we're losing 47% of our teachers in the first five years. It's embarrassing to me that we're the lowest paying in the Mountain West, which is, thank goodness for the South, or who knows where we would be. You can't respect teachers by not paying them. They ought to strike, and they ought to make it clear that they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it for a whole generation of Utah kids that are being cheated by a legislature that refuses to live up to a time-honored Utah commitment. We have $1 billion, $100 million in the education fund now that ought to be spent on education. And what does the legislature say? It's a crisis, it's an emergency. We gotta figure out a way to get that money out of the education fund and use it on other things. That's that what's true? wrong. Todd's not giving well, you a happy look yeah, right now. So Should teachers strike? It's, it's so interesting. I mean, in the <clears> seven <throat> years I've been in the legislature, we've given between two and 4% on the average raises every year and you and listen to Jim somehow we've we I mean I don't know how many of your listeners or viewers have gotten a, an increase not ever only every year of their salary but two to four percent I mean that that adds up the, the thing is is we have large families in Utah so so it's a numerator, numerator and denominator uh, impact but just since I've been in the legislature we've dumped over two billion dollars or, or invested two billion dollars of new money uh, in the last seven years. And to listen to Jim, you'd think we'd done nothing. And so that, that's the discouraging thing. We're, we're literally taking all of our excess almost every year and putting it towards education. And to listen to Jim, you'd think we'd done nothing. Why not so. take the money in the education fund now uh -huh. and spend it on education? Well, we do that every year, Jim. We have to, we're constantly But this year, we didn't do that this yeah. year. We, we went, oh, that's too much money. The economy's been too good. So Nobody we want to take that, that too money. Much money. What we said was the general, the sales tax isn't keeping pace, so we don't have general fund money to spend on the rest of the state, you know, to finance the rest of the state. And why does, the, why does the sales tax money not add up? Because the legislature is giving too much of it away to their buddies. Well, that's a separate We have to discussion. remind you, you used to be part of that legislative group. Until All right. about four months <laughs> Until ago. Until four months ago. Thank goodness. All right, we've got one more money spending issue I want to squeeze in this week. We were talking about this week, and uh, body cameras are pretty much the norm here in Utah and across the country, but UPD is looking at getting rid of them right now because they can't afford, they say, to keep up uh, paying the storage costs. Because when you think about it, there's a lot of tape. When you think about how many officers, how many hours they're wearing it, and they're not just saving when something happens, when there's a shooting, they're saving all of that. Even if they quit right now, it's thousands of dollars a year to store it. 
Do we keep making sure that there's money so, in budgeting for that? So, you know, I love law enforcement. I am so grateful that those people do what they do every day and, and I don't know what we do without them. But I think this is there's more nuance. Is it expensive? Yes. They knew that before. In fact, data storage is getting cheaper every year. It's not getting more expensive. And so I think that there's other reasons why they want to go away from body cameras. We had a bill this this session, I think it was Dan McKay, that that wanted them to not be able to turn them off, you know, after there was an incident. And they, and, and they lobbied as hard as I've ever seen them lobby, saying we, we ought to be able to turn them off when we want to turn them off. And so uh, we heard from the police, hey, if we ever had body cameras, we'd be the ones that are grateful. But, but as it turns out, that's not always the case. And they, they get caught saying stupid things. They get caught you know, doing stupid things. And so I think, yes, cost is a factor, but I think there's other motivations there. Because UPD was originally given a chunk of change that paid for it up front. They've gotten to the cliff where the money goes away. They knew that cliff was coming. Did they not the want to? Money. The yeah, federal, the federal money. money. Yeah, the federal money. So did they not budget knowing this was coming? Or is it like Todd saying where they don't maybe want that all-seeing presence of an eye there all the time. You know, my gut at first agreed with Senator Weiler, and it, I thought, well, this is the police that are just, you know. But man, I looked into it a little bit, and the truth is, it's cost the city $500,000 over the last couple of years. Because you can imagine, we have 500 police officers, so if they're all uploading for their full shift, and it has to go up somewhere and be saved indefinitely, that's 500 shifts a day multiplied. A we need to, we need to, maybe what the three of us should do is start a, Our own company? a storage that is cheaper than that. Yeah. There, there, you there know, ought to be a way that. I, I toured a facility in New Orleans just two months ago with some other legislators three months ago. They have like 800 cameras around the city and they're recording everything and storing that for at least 30 days. That's gotta be way more expensive than this. And yet New Orleans is like, you know, so so I think we're moving in the wrong direction if we go away from. Heidi, can I ask Todd a question on this? But yeah, this will exactly. be fun. I think you're loving having Todd here most, so much. No, he had a great, great bill, and we had a great debate three or four years ago. Uh oh. And it had to do with the fact of police officers, federal and city and state, and they're kind of following us around, like on I. 15, oh, they yeah. have little the cameras, cameras yeah. that record every single they license they were, plate. Well, no, they were scanning license plate. Oh, yeah, they yeah. wanted to put them on I-15 and we said no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So every, they may have done it without They may have done it and, yeah. and, and, and then also uh, local police departments and counties and the highway patrol just take cars. They, they, they special outfit certain police vehicles and they can go through like a movie theater or a Walmart parking lot in three minutes and scan every license plate. And, 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 and they then, store that. And then they keep so. track of this person was at this hotel parking lot at this time yeah. and keep track yeah. of it. And then some officers, this admittedly I, I suppose was really rare, but there had been some officers who would get into that information. So that, that's a, not, that's now a you've fire, switched to fire, the, to the fire control substance right? database. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah, that, that was, was who, the same. But who has like uh, narcotics? But the possibility yeah. of all of this. So what, how did that all end so, up? Are so, they? Can they do? So all I ran this two stuff? bills. The one said that when they scan your license plate, they can only keep it for nine months and they have to delete it. The other one, uh, we said you have to have a probable cause to get into the controlled substance database. But yeah, there was some police abuse. And, and you know, I believe 99% or more of the police are doing the right thing. But you, you do have to have the laws and the protections in place for that one bad apple out there. So and yeah. we, we had, we've had a few of those one bad apples. And we are being watched everywhere. Yesterday yeah. we had a story saying that Alexa, when you're talking there, they're recording all of that information and listening to it back there to figure out how to better serve you. So oh boy. I'm hoping that they maybe start like counseling when you, they hear a fight, you know, <laughs> tell you how 
how to deal with your teenager marital advice. Yeah. I don't know that comes through it, but it's certainly a different day and age we the, live the in. The 30th time Alexa hears me open the fridge, they'll say, okay, big boy. That's, that's enough, that's Todd. Enough. Yeah. Away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no you know, something happened in our neighborhood the other night. Uh -oh. All right, last story and we got to wrap it up, kids. All right, all right. And, and uh, you know, there were police cars wailing and, and I looked out the window and then I thought about what happened on uh, State Street the other day in Salt Lake, all the way down to South Salt Lake, as a, where the guy was shooting, yeah. and all those officers running into the fire. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's easy to just be so critical yeah. of police when, I, I mean, I was nervous it's looking out the window. Job, yeah. and I, I, I mean, I didn't think I'm going to run out there and... And yet, that's what we expect out of those police officers. And in Salt Lake City, they start at $21.50 an hour. And less than 5% of our police officers can afford to live in our city. We need to rethink whether it's teachers or, or public servants and make sure that they're not out somewhere else as, as people that are not part of, of the community because we're not... We're not taking there care of taking own. care of them. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. It all matters. It all feeds into it. Well, thank you so much for Todd coming right. to play here Thanks, with Heidi. Jim. and GOP Todd. Uh, Listen to his podcast. GOP Todd, yes. He podcast you, Todd, on, on iTunes. So Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much thank for joining you. us. Jim, thank you for being on Halfway Good Behavior. <laughs> Halfway. Halfway Good, good Behavior. That's Greg right. Greg is away. I had to play. <laughs> it happens here. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. And remember, GOP Todd on Twitter and Toddcast if you want to listen to more of his great ideas. Thanks so much. Thank you.